Welcome to Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. In this podcast, we delve into the non-clinical aspects of dentistry with inspirational guests from across the profession. You will hear incredible life stories, pick up valuable business tips and be entertained. I'm Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Drevens. When you look at the, um, the, the, the lineup of someone's languages and they can speak English, Spanish, Italian and Arabic, you know you can have an interesting guy, don't you? Uh, I tell you what's interesting, isn't it? When, when you do the language thing, one, obviously flipping impressive, you can speak, speak for, but also because of his uh, heritage, there's mixtures of, you know, people's personalities or heritage. It's quite fascinating. Mm. I mean, lovely, lovely chap, lovely oh, guy, really nice And guy. his whole take on um, kind of careers and, and, you know, morphing from one stage to another and, clearly there's a love of art mm. but i thought the conversation around the dental collective and the debate mm. side of things it's it, it, we've got to a stage in life haven't we where um expressing an opinion is a, is a relatively risky thing to do yeah think, especially if it's not a popular one yeah but i think creating the environment they have which is you know wrapped in safety so people can do that is great and the events obviously coming up soon and yeah. like i say mehi was was very generous in giving a discount code for people who want to come yeah, and that definitely. will be in the show notes so no it'll be a, it'll be a great a great listen for people i say great podcast and i'm looking forward to the dental collective for sure here we are Yes, again. Another episode of Dentology, the business of dentistry. Absolutely, looking forward to it. And today, today we are um, we're delighted. Uh, we have a dentist specialising in restorative dentistry, the co-founder of the Global Dental Collective and Sustainable Clinics. Not easy to say. And just to kick off, he's fluent in English, Spanish, Italian and Arabic. So very welcome to Mehi Lopresti. Hey, very good. Very welcome, good. Mehi. Yeah, How are so you doing? Hey. Well done, well done. That That's very good. good Look at that. I embrace my best Italian. <laughs> How are you doing? Are you doing well? I'm really good. I'm really good. Thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, very good. I'm just impressed that you're fluent in so many languages. I'm barely fluent in English. That's <laughs> so uh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Flip. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but it is very impressive. To, to kick off, Mehi, um, what is it we need to know about your, your early years so that we understand the person you are today? How did it all start for you? And why you can talk four languages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was born and raised in Spain. Right. Uh, but I'm, uh, my dad is Palestinian, my mom is Italian. Uh, they um, immigrated to, to, to Spain like uh, 30, 35 years ago, and this is where they decided to have their, okay. their family. And this Can is I where just we pull you back? How did an yeah. Italian and a Palestinian meet? That's a good question, actually. Nowadays it would be easier, but the thing is that, well, my mom grew up in Alexandria. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad was doing um, uh, medical school there. Right. Uh, so they kind of have, they have kind of a Romeo and Juliet uh, <laughs> story. Uh, both families were not really impressed by their choices. Oh, really? uh, oh, they were okay. completely different words. And, uh, but, you know, back in the days was, was completely, I mean, it still happens. So they had to basically fight for for their love, <laughs> and, well, yeah. uh, and uh, they decided, yeah, to that Spain was you know a beautiful country to start start their story, and this is where we ended up. Yeah. Oh, what a lovely love story! Oh, that's brilliant, isn't it? It's interesting, yeah. isn't it, that you got an Italian and a Palestinian. You have to go to Spain. Yeah, it's just like yeah. to almost be yeah, neutral no, ground. No. <laughs> out, 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 out of interest, where 
where does your heart live? Where do you feel is, is, is home for you? Oh, yeah, good one. It's a good question. Uh, actually, I, uh, you know, I, I feel from everywhere, to be yeah. honest. I, don't feel, I never felt uh, really Spanish and, and, and never felt from London. I traveled all around the world. Um, my wife is Italian, so it's kind of, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's winning the Italian side. Right. But actually, <laughs> I have a friend who solved this really well, and he asked me this question, and he said, you know, when the World Cup arrives... I was going to ask you, <laughs> which team do you support? That's the one. What Foot- team football. do you support? That's the real question. Like, gosh, okay, I have to say that Spain. Probably that's, that's oh, yeah, oh, that's my okay. team. Yeah. Interesting. So I would, I, would, I would go for Spain, in that, if that's, the, if that's oh. the answer. Yeah, and and that's the thing, isn't it? You know, football, people don't change their football teams. And so if that's, exactly. if that's a team you support, then I guess that's where your heart is. It's quite handy, though, isn't it, really? Because most of those teams, apart from this time, would have got into the World Cup. So, so you've got a sort of a choice, haven't you, really? You know, depending on who's doing well, you can start off Spanish and maybe become <laughs> Italian well, and potentially it, Italian, English, it. depending on how it works. Palestine team is really, doesn't even exist. And Italy was not doing really well. So yeah, I, no, I, so I, they I, didn't make the World Cup. Which was good. Yeah. No, so so we 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 kind of got um, we digress. I was going to say we got we, we got we got segued by your your parents' wonderful love story. Yeah, so 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 now back to you you. What what was your what was your upbringing like then? So well, how was my childhood? You mean mm. yeah. yeah yeah. Well, I had a really happy childhood. I mean, I was a, a you know a, a, the weirdo. I grew up in a in a, in in a really Spanish place in the, in Midlands where I was the only person not called Fernando or Jose or, or, or <laughs> Julian. So it was quite of a, I needed to really uh, uh, overcome this and always <coughs> needed to be the best on anything that I did yeah. uh, to, you know, m- feel confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that made me actually uh, really want to do things in a, the best way possible. But I, I had a great childhood and um, I was always a confused here, teenager. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. Still don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think, uh, you know, that's uh, it's probably one of my weaknesses. I don't know exactly what I want to do. But Mehi, I, I think the thing is, this, this when you hear people trot out these lines like you know follow your passion most people don't necessarily know what that is and it's not particularly helpful because when people say this it assumes everybody knows what their passion is and it's easy to follow something most people are like you they're like us they don't really know what it is they just find something they do that they really enjoy but they're not sure if it's if it's the thing they just make the most of the situation they're in at that time there's there's a great song by Baz Luhrmann which is called something like Everybody Should Wear Sunscreen. And basically it's an old song that he talks his way through. Um, but he talks about things like as you get older, look after your knees and things like that. But one of the one of the lines that he has in it is said, don't worry about what you're thinking about because some of the most interesting people I've met are in their 40s and they've still no idea. And yeah. I think it's a real true thing in the fact of mm. we, we sort of try and pigeonhole ourselves. And actually sometimes it's just like go for the ride, see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that, to be honest. I think there's a beauty. I always thought I would like to have three, four prof- more professions uh, the rest of my life. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I wouldn't like to, to, you know, retire as a dentist. I wouldn't like to retire ever, but, you know, I think I'm going to be doing three or four more things mm. uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Mm. 
So how did the how did the confused teenager decide that, that dentistry was the first the first chapter of your book? Uh, I, uh, I I was really confused, and my dad was worried about that. You know, in terms of like I didn't have anything clear, and uh, he basically uh, kind of helped me on the decision, and, and he said, "Look." He's a doctor, right? I was going to say, and, he's uh, a doctor, he must be. with a medical doctor, school so it's, it, it, I mean, his passion, his, mm. his hobby, his, his love, he, he loves it. And he said, look, I don't see you being a doctor, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're good with people, uh, you, you, you know, you're quite skilled. Uh, dentistry is, is a safe bet, you know, and then, you know, you can always try. And if you don't like it, you, 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 you choose to do something else. Uh, so yeah, I think he was my inspiration. Let's say for um, to pick this profession. Yeah. Mm. And what's the process? We, we've been talking to, to various guests over time about the the UK schooling system, such that you need to take your decision in terms of your your subjects in your you know when you're sort of thirteen, fourteen, and then that puts you on the path to choose your your higher education, your A levels in the UK when you're kind of seventeen, eighteen, which then gives you your pathway through to dental school. And I always take the view that I think putting that pressure on people in their early mid-teens when they're just trying to work out who they are is a, is a big ask. What what was the situation like in Spain in terms of you know what was your pathway through to get into dental school? Was it was it similar? Did you need to make those decisions quite early on in life? Yeah, it's it's similar. It's the same. You know, when right. you start deciding if you want to go through science, if you. Um, uh, maths, or th- yeah. well, through uh, numbers, or through um, uh, letters, uh, we say, and, and uh, you were not, depends on what you want to do. You already need to start deciding the path, which I don't think is 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 um, fair to do with with a kid. And uh, mm. I think you need way more time. I mean, there is no perfect system, but I'm sure that is not the right decision to take when you're so young, especially because you don't take that decision. Your environment mm. takes it, and then your friends take that decision, or whoever, yeah. whichever TV show you it was uh, <laughs> fashionable mm. that in that yeah. uh, moment, you know. So it's it's pretty it's pretty tough, and uh, I wouldn't probably knowing what I know today, I wouldn't pick the the same uh, path. Mm. Oh really? Yeah. Why do you, you say that? <laughs> why, 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 why do you say that? No, I'm, I'm, I think I would. I was. I'm thinking always. I think I would do something more related with design. That's right. That's sure. Yeah. This yeah. is what I. I mean, all my hobbies are on that and that mm. path. You know, on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you love your your art and design, and and actually, I, I guess there's probably never been a better time to be in dentistry for with creative. Yeah, with with, flow, with that right? flair. Because I think the aesthetic side of dentistry is kind of really pushing forward beyond where um, it, it was perhaps you know, five, seven, ten years ago. Uh, but yeah, perhaps it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily go far enough for, for mm. you in terms of your creative side of things. Luckily, luckily, you know, because uh, I, I, you don't know that. You know, no. people tell you, oh, you do dentistry, but you, know, you, do dentistry, but you don't know that there is an artistic side. Mm. You know, like, I don't believe people saying, oh, I did dentistry because I'm an artist. Yeah, and, no. Uh, I think I would say that I think dentistry is a profession full of artists that they were not brave enough to become an artist. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. And yeah. then you know, and and this dentist is a safe bet. It's a great profession where you can do a lot of things, and then you you can be whatever you want in that profession. Mm. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But uh, when when you're 16, people are getting inspired by their pants. They don't know how artistic they are. Or that they are mm. dentists or 
you've seen your dentist treating you, which you know, I'm not sure how much art you can see on that. Yeah, <laughs> or, sure. uh, you know, because, because if you want to be, become an endodontist, there's, <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> there's not much art on it. But I understand I th- that. I think uh, also for some people, there's just the, the, the reality of life that, you know, dentistry does pay pretty well. Yeah. And as an artist, um, most artists only get wealthy once they're dead. That's, that's, yeah, the, that's, a, that's a brutal the, reality. Yeah, no, no, that's true. That's what I'm saying. It's a safe mm. bet, you know. It's a, I don't know any uh, unemployed dentist yeah, or that right. is having a tough life. You know, can, you can earn more or less, but, you know, mm. you, yeah. you can have a okay yeah. life, you know. And what was your dental school experience like? Because obviously for, for, for most of the people that listen to this, they're UK-based, so they're very familiar with what the UK system looks like. But what was it like out in Madrid? I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> so partying around the world. So obviously uh, dental college is the same everywhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fun is everywhere. Uh, the system, well, the, the two first years were tough for me because there was nothing related with dentistry. It's uh, quite general medicine, biology, chemistry, mm-hmm. which is, are not my strengths. And then you start using your hands, you know, in your third and fourth and fifth mm. year. Um, and, and we, well, I basically studied in, in, in a town in Madrid, which is only for students. Right. So uh, it's like there are 30,000 students oh, wow. living oh, in a small town. And everyone lives, you know, you live with your friends in your villa. Mm. And, uh, you know, so it, it's like a really nice place. To, to study and then uh, you know you, you, make, you make friends forever so I had really good fun but I hate studying I'm not a good student no. uh, even though I have after I did a master's here and everything but I, I don't like studying much yeah, sure yeah. so a means to an end so what was yeah. it that what was it that brought you over to the the UK well then uh, I mean I finished uh, my studies I traveled around the world I did um, six months um, charity and uh, I was enrolled with the University in Dominican Republic. Um, so then uh, that, was, that, was, that was amazing. Um, and then I came back, went back to Spain, worked for a year, but I, I didn't like much the system, the dental system there. It was a little bit uh, difficult to do the dentistry that you want to do. Um, so then I, I, and I wanted to tra- travel around the world. Mm-hmm. That's what was my aim. So I consider London probably the capital of Europe and, and the capital, one of the capitals of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the days, I thought doing a master's was really important. So yeah, I, that, that's my, and I thought, why not? I, my mm-hmm. English wasn't that good. It was mm-hmm. terrible. So I, I really needed to upgrade my game on that right so it was so it was it was doing your masters at king's that actually brought you to the uk and then you decided to stay uh yeah i kind of like i i, I liked that the opportunities to do better dentistry here mm-hmm. were higher yeah um and um i i didn't know the city that well but i i thought it was a good starting point mm. for anything you want to do i think mm. you, if you make it in london you can make it anywhere in the, yeah. in the world almost yeah, mm. and your master's was in restorative dentistry. Yeah, so was that? Was in, yeah. I was going to say. So was that the kind of the link to the the artistic side of things? Were you trying to get that drawn more into your your dentistry? 
I think because I tried everything before. I did endo, a year of endo, I did a year right. of perio, uh, you know, and, and I said, okay, you know, it needs to be restorative. Uh, and then uh, I started little by little doing more restorative dentistry. Then I did my master's and then I said, okay, this is what I like to do. I want to do. And then I was doing it part-time while I was working. So I, I managed to, to also implement a lot of what I was doing. So that was good. Excellent, excellent. And where were you living? Were you living north, south, central? East. Ah, okay. I was living as soon as I, <laughs> I was living with six girls in a flat in um, Myland. I didn't oh. even know, though. You know, it was just the wow. first time I arrived. Uh, I was I rented a room, and my job was in Notting Hill, so I was. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Right. I was going the central line up and down. I had a really cool first job, I have to confess. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was so I, I I know everything about London. I know the east, I know the north, I know the south. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's funny for somebody who isn't from London. Um, London's big, and, and there's, you know, lot, lots of other capital cities you can walk around in a day. Whereas London's massive. So to to think that you're in London in Mile End, but you're working in Notting Hill, that that's a good hour and yeah, ten minutes. Slip, <laughs> that's a big journey <laughs> every day. <laughs> that was a train uh, and, and it's like living in different cities. I mean, yeah. I think London has easy six different cities. Mm. Yeah. Know, it, it, it's, that's the beauty of it. And that's what actually, it, it was actually attracting me. Brilliant, mm. brilliant. And more recently, you're one of the co-founders of the Dental Collective as well, which is a, a debate-centered event. Um, what, what drove you to create this? There's, there's no shortage of, of dental events in the UK. We love a dental event. You, know, you, you, you can put on a suit, a black tie, or a pair of jeans most days of the week. What, what drove you to create this event? Because it is a bit different. It's a bit different. Actually, I have an, a, a joke with uh, Kyle Stanley from California, and uh, he came to our event last time. Yeah. And uh, he's, he was telling me, like, I've never seen so many black tie events <laughs> in the history like yeah. as you as you have because you know it was like you know we speak we, we we speak like almost every two weeks for different reasons like how many events you have in yeah. black tie i was like i mean no I actually we love them know. and they were happening like, around the same time which is frustrating yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so global <laughs> collective came uh, together because uh we always had in, in mind to create uh, events for for the dental community um uh, mainly to support um, you know, the lifestyle of the dental provider, like showing them how to look after themselves, um, how to deal with litigation, better postures, um, meditation, uh, all these kind of things. So we wanted to create something really different. And then uh, Joe Lovitz, which uh, I'm sure you guys know. Yeah, we know uh, Joe. Yeah, he's been one of our previous guests, a great guy. Yeah, an amazing person. And he came across um, with, uh, actually he asked me to speak in one of his events. So I told him, look, why don't you come to East London? I need to show you something. And I'm not sure he was really confident about coming, but <laughs> <laughs> he ended up coming. I, 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 met, I introduced him to, my, to my, one of my best friends, Bruno, and a business partner. We went to, to, to his venue. And, you know, we, I pitched to him what we wanted to do. And uh, he stopped for a second. And uh, I don't know if he was going to, like, just run away or just say, like, you, are, you guys are bananas. Uh, you don't know where you are. <laughs> so they stopped, like, for three seconds and said, okay, I love it. I think we can do this. 
uh, and then uh, yeah, and then it just happened. It's, it's, it's funny to see. Like I always say, I, I would like to record our our meetings because are a little bit crazy. Like Bruno is coming from the music festivals world. He has his mm-hmm. own label and uh, East London he does festivals around the world. Wow. And then Joe is from a completely other side. Like he's more coaches and uh, working in, in, a, in a super conservative uh, field, which is dentistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm trying to, to put things together. <laughs> so something, something reasonable comes up. But it's, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, mm. it comes with crazy ideas. Joe faints. <laughs> it's like okay we can't do this but well we and then we we, we, mm. we kind of try to find the new term for everything and then mm. that's that's how it came up something really, yeah. really special and, and unique interesting and and there's two elements to it there's a there's a boat party uh which is kind of the part two but which is pretty obvious what that's going to look like but the bit before you you've gone for this debate angle and increasingly we seem to be living in a world where people are cautious about sharing opinions on things, especially opinions that might not be universally agreeable because we kind of have this cancel culture. Where if somebody sued. Oh, yeah, and if somebody says something that you, you, that you don't agree with, kind of you just seem to fall out. So it's quite a bold step to take to put people in an arena where there's going to be a debate and it requires grown-ups to have differing opinions and move it forward. So how did you curate what topics were going to be and how did you manage that to make sure that it, it stayed a kind of comfortable and safe environment? Because potentially it, it, it could be a bit of a tinderbox, couldn't it? Confrontational. Yeah. Lots yeah. of people shouting at each other, pointing yeah. fingers. Yeah. I have to confess, I didn't know how it came up the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite risky. And uh, I remember actually telling uh, Bruno, I was like, uh, Bruno, I need the venue, I need to rehearse. He looked at me like, I mean, we are in London. We don't rehearse. There is no time and money to rehearse. We do what we had in mind. We put it together the same day and we go for it. So it was, uh, we, we, when we, we, we pick the, the topics, is a mix of, uh, obviously, we, list, we ask a lot of people what they want to talk about. We, we, we read, we, we watch their social media mm-hmm. and, um, and we, we kind of, Try to figure out what is the what they can they can get the best out of like mm, yeah. uh, what is the, the most valuable topic, topic, topic in that moment, mm. and we try to bring people from different with different opinions, uh, so we can basically have a, a debate. Uh, even though a debate, a pure debate, is people with completely different opinions, yeah. mm. uh, but this is difficult to find. As you said, uh, because people are still a little bit scared. Mm. Uh, but I have to, I'm, I'm really proud to say that people felt, and this is our main goal, that people need to feel safe yeah. and happy to share, and they're never going to be judged for whatever they need to say. And this is something that in my speech with when I opened the, 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 the event, I, I want to make really clear that mm. everyone here is safe to to share what are their thoughts and uh and and, and to feel that they are not alone mm. and worse mm. when i when i've been doing now uh interviews to to the all to the previous panelists they all say the same 
Thank you for creating a safe space where I didn't feel lonely. I, I, I realized that I'm not the only one thinking in this way. And, and people got conclusions, really nice conclusions mm. from, from every topic, which I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. It's weird, isn't it? Something that you would hope just be kind of a mainstay of society, being able to debate and have conversations and sharing different views. They say, don't mm-hmm. they, that if you're in a room and all your friends agree with everything you say, you need more friends. Yeah. And you do, you, you, you need to have that difference of opinion because that's how you learn and that's how you move things forward as well. And that your 100%. opinion is not the ultimate cast iron opinion it's an opinion mm. yeah so so yeah. clearly last year went went very well to the extent where you've got another one another one coming this year in fact not that long in the future so what does what does the one this year look like and what can we expect from it uh well we learned from all the the things that we had to change from the previous one so we were making uh, last time we had three topics this time we we're having two topics because people wanted to discuss more and we we were short of time. So we're going to pick two topics. Uh, People will have more time to interact because the the audience can interact. Mm, This is one of our um, also main characteristics. Everyone can exchange their ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, and the two topics this year are uh, litigation or fitness to practice. uh, Interesting. Quite linked. And the other one is a career in dentistry. It's uh, expectations yeah. versus yeah. reality. Uh, in, in, we're trying to bring two young professionals from one side, two super successful dentists uh, from the other side. And Wonderful. We want to ask them to, both of them, what are your mm. struggles? Uh, What's what the reality? Your, yeah, to, to when, 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 when for trying to find a job and mm. uh, when trying to hire. Because I think there is a huge gap in between both words yes and i think this conversation needs, needs to happen you've got yeah, raj there. speaking i think haven't you you've got raj as one of your guests yeah raj Rattan is going to get uh, mm-hmm. it's going to speak at uh for in, in the fitness to practice yeah. um um topic we're trying to bring someone from the gdc uh <laughs> um, so yeah how's that going in constant conversations with them but uh, we'll, we'll have a, a representative uh, and then two young dentists that you know they had already some experience oh, with mm. GDC litigation. It would be interesting to have the GDC person turn up, wouldn't it? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, what's re- I they're really keen. I mean, yeah, I, oh, that's good. That is I, good. I mean, what's what's really good is it it would also debunk some of the myths around it. One of our one of our previous guests um, that we spoke to is his episode still to be to be broadcast. He went through a fitness to practice hearing, and um, it was a spurious claim, and, and he was cleared. But the stress of going through it for him was enormous. Mm. And it was the time delay was the thing that really got him, that you've got this kind of sword of Damocles hanging over you for months and months and months before you find out yeah. what's going to be happening. And during that time, you kind of got to keep the show on the road and, you know, uh, keep keep pushing forward. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to get people's take on, uh, you've got the, the aspect of the individual complaint, but then the wider implications and impact on you as an individual mm. and the stresses that causes with you and your business and your family so mm. i think that would be a great a great yeah. conversation exactly i agree but and also people don't know much what gdc the gdc does yeah i no. didn't know much of it i, I, I had a completely different idea when i actually had a one-to-one call with with, with them and I, I learned a lot i was like you know what people they need to know these things all these mm. numbers that you're giving me mm. and it's true that we can do things in a different way so you might you know it would be good for you to also listen 
what is actually the struggle of the people. And then it might not be that difficult to fix, you mm. know? No, no, no. Oh, no, I think... Mind, from a, from... As we said, sometimes it's that, that, time, that waiting yeah. time. But maybe you need to hire more people, that's it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think from a PR point of view, it could be really good for the GDC. Because I actually, think I think, so. I think, that I think if the dentists thing. understand more about the role they're playing... And like I say, imagine if, if out of this debate, there came a, 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 an improvement in the system which meant that everything got fast-tracked and end-to-end it could be dealt with within a few weeks mm. as opposed to you know months or even a year. Well, there's a big fight because that would be quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't want to make it a fight. You know, we, we want to make a, you know, we, we are collective. We, we want people to... Yeah, I think it would be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, but, it would uh, be really interesting. Yeah, I, so, think, I, think, I think we're positive. I think we, we can get great ideas for, for yeah. both sides. For, for, you know, I don't want it to... It's not like... You don't want to bring the GDC and start telling them how bad or how good they are. Mm. It's just like to no. listen to each other and, 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 and listen. Also, their concerns. Maybe they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like you were saying. It's not going the right way. Yeah. You guys need to fix this. Right? As you're saying, mate, no, probably no one or very few people have actually ever met anyone mm. yeah. from the GDC. It's almost like this faceless monster. Exactly. But, but, but also, oh, going back to your point about you know um, it being a collective and it being a debate, um, they deserve that right and that privilege as well to set out mm. their position, yeah, not yeah. be not be stoned by, by, yeah. by the people in the arena. They, they 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 also have to have that that space and that safety mm. of saying this is our situation, this is what we do, and this is how we do it. And people respect that. They might not like it. There's lots of things I hear I don't like, but I'd still prefer that person to have the freedom yeah. to say what they want mm. and, and and not like it as opposed to just just never hear it. Exactly, exactly. This is why we want to give them the opportunity to actually explain it. And actually, when I, I have to say, like when I heard it from them, I, I liked it. I liked what he said. Mm. And I saw things in a different way, you know. Mm. It's just like I, I feel like there is a special, look, something different that I see from Spain, actually. Uh, going back to the topic is, yeah. is the way we practice dentistry. Is, a, is, a, is an incredibly defensive dentistry in the UK. People mm. are here to practice good dentistry mm -hmm. they don't know good dentistry but the, the dentistry that you know they people they don't want to get in trouble yeah. so they are really conservative and that mm -hmm. is not fair for the profession or for the patient mm -hmm. so there is obviously there there is a problem in spain you are not afraid of anything mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe goes you know is goes both sides you know it's maybe yeah. it's too much but it should be a middle term that you're confident to actually perform mm. the treatment that you think is best. Mm. Not being scared of, oh, well, what if I didn't write my notes mm. in the mm. right way? Or, you know, it's not fair. And I think from the conversations we have, that, that seems to be getting worse. Whether that's a reality yeah. or not, I don't know. But but my impression is it seems to be getting worse. And it, it also seems to be something that's almost being trained into people at dental school. Yeah, definitely. In that they're, they're, they're coming out, you know, obsessed about, note taking and, mm. and recording and don't get me wrong it's really important to have the records of, of what's been done but that sure. that shouldn't that that shouldn't kind of they've drive drive extraction but yeah loads of notes. because like yeah. i say that that potentially then has an impact in terms of what the experience is like for the patient yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean i work with consultants that they are still like not sure about doing certain treatments because they, they don't want to get in trouble you know like mm. it's not you know the way you should feel and I don't blame the dentist to be honest mm. because it's like since they are in, in dental school they they grow with this this mm. uh, you it's know fear that yeah. they're gonna get sued and you know it's not it's not healthy. It's not no. healthy. I think that would be a fabulous debate. Mehi, mm. let us know when is when, when is the event? How do people get themselves a, a seat at this event? Uh, so the event is in Hackney Week. Uh, 
Oh, you said when? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. When is it? Yeah, how do people get tickets? It's on the twenty eighth of April. Lovely. Uh, and uh, it uh, starts. Uh, doors open at six pm. Uh, then the debate. Uh, there no, there's normally like uh, you know some food. People come from work starving. That's what also we realize. There is uh, the debate starts at seven. It's like two hours debate. We we, we stop in the middle. There is more food and drinks also. <laughs> and uh, after we start a social uh, part, which is uh, this year we changed the boots for uh, a bigger space, uh, and we're doing a secret thing, uh, which I think was going to be really interesting. It's uh, you know and then you know the guys put an open bar, food. Um, DJs, uh, and then after, for whatever it stays late, 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 we have a boat. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! So it's, sounds... it's almost a full, a full day. So people it sounds brilliant with energy. Uh, it's it's really fun. We also like we, we Bruno reinvested on the place, so there's better sound, better uh, uh, light, uh, and better food, better everything. So it's. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. It sounds like everything's bigger and better than before, mm, including a bigger boat. That sounds like a line from Jaws, <laughs> doesn't or, it? Or Chris Jansen. Yes. Yeah, country and Western stuff, but that's another conversation. <laughs> oh, it sounds good. What we'll do, Maggie, if you could let me have um, a link, we'll drop that into the show notes because this episode will be going out before the event. So if there's anybody who isn't already booked on, they can jump into the show notes, click on the link and get themselves a ticket. Mm. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get that for you. We're going to get a code, uh, discount code for your listeners. Excellent. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun. It's, 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 it's really nice. It's really nice. It's completely worth it. Brilliant. That should be interesting. So you're a dentist, you did your MSc, you're the co-founder of Dental Collective. And if that isn't enough, you're also the co-founder of Sustainable Clinics as well, um, which is an organisation that helps practices become more sustainable in, in their practice. Um, in, in practical terms, what, what, does that, what does that look like? How, how do dental practices kind of move in, in the right direction? Because we hear a lot about sustainability uh, and, and what needs to be done, but, but how does that manifest itself in a, in a dental practice? So... Sustainable clinics is a philosophy of healthcare, and, and uh, we like to base it in sustainability, and that mm. means use as less resources possible to treat people. Uh, this is linked um, mainly with prevention. The more uh, we use our uh, healthcare system, the, the less we use it, the more sustainable it becomes. Mm. That, that's common sense. Mm, so yeah. it's uh, we 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 like to link. Prevention is, is the main way of practicing this dentistry. And uh, if these two, uh, when you put together prevention and sustainability, you need to use really high technology, uh, which nowadays we have amazing tools and, and uh, materials and softwares uh, to make a really preventative and um, a really um, uh, approachable um, uh, dentistry. Uh, so basically, we, we are creating a, a, a philosophy where all these dots are coming together uh, to help clinics uh, to, to develop this kind of uh, dentistry and uh, help them, apart from reducing, reducing their carbon emissions, uh, help their patients to go less to the dentist, have a healthier life, looking at aspects like nutrition, posture, sleep apnea, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and if they need to be treated, you treat them 
in, uh, in uh, using the highest technology, which is using digital, oh. uh, using um, AI uh, and all the softwares they have available. Really cool. So it's actually a generational thing. It's not something that you just make changes today. Uh, it's like no. you say, it's, it, it is more of a philosophy, no, not just no. changing your light bulbs. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we looked into that, into what is actually, which short-term actions, they have a huge impact. And there are not many, to be honest. Like yeah. the, the biggest problem is the patients going back and forth from, from the dental uh, clinic. This is what mm. creates this, creates a 75% of the carbon emissions in, in healthcare. Uh, right. but, uh, the waste that we create is, is almost a 1%. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not only on recycling, on on, on, on how we practice. It's, it's mainly on, on, you know, you need to help patients you to go less uh, to, to the clinic. So I think this is going to take you know, almost a generation. It's you know, a really like, interesting concept, isn't it? Because I've never thought about the, the emissions from dentistry more widely is yeah. the, the transportation of patients mm. to, and from, to, to and, and from the clinic, the impact you can make as a practice. I mean, don't get me wrong, it would still be a positive impact. But actually, if you could create an environment where the patients didn't need to visit as often, exactly. for, you know, the managing their better health or, or healthcare themselves, or as you say, there's, there's techniques now where there's, there's AI, some, you know, some people are using tools so they can kind of track and monitor aligners from home as opposed to having to visit a practice more often, Th- those sorts of things. And, Going going forward, where, where do you see dentistry going in the future in terms of use of AI and, and, and technology? Yeah, if we kind of project out five or ten years, what do you think dentistry will look like then? I think uh, in in this in that way is going in the right path. Hopefully, it's going to end up in, in the in the right hands. Uh, yeah. I think. Well, I think it's clear that corporates will uh, take over the the industry or or, or Clinics coming together somehow, uh, so it's, it's gonna for me it's gonna be interesting, and I think they're learning from the past. They're actually letting dentists practice how they they, they, they want to do their own dentistry. Um, but it's it's a really exciting and um, unique moment in 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 the dental history because we're bringing a lot of uh, cool stuff. Uh, the big uh, funds and, and you know big business people they realize that there is you know is a need mm. and I think they're going to bring even more uh, sources to the industry and uh, there's going to be hopefully more research on doing um, better dentistry but I think it's not, and, and we're going we're going in the right path and, and also the expectations from patients are so high that you can't do mm. a bad job anymore you know mm. like uh, you are not accepting any kind of treatment just just like this so it's making us i think i, I want to feel like you know we're, we're doing a better dentistry mm. better than ever. which is good isn't it a bit of competitive yeah. pressure be that from your your clinical peers within the profession or mm. the expectation from patients if that drives standards to a higher level that's that's got to be good news quite often it's consumer that drives yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah now people you know you, you do a single central you need to match it really well you know like you can't just like pick the color that you want they know what people they know what they want they have information they know that they can be mm. done uh and they're you know they they, they are pushing us to to, mm. to do the to best, do best. we can ever do 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. Nehi, it's been, it's been a joy. We, we always finish up the same way. We always ask our guests the same two questions. So the first question we have for you is, if you could be the fly on a wall in a situation, where would that be? What would you be looking in on? Uh, you, you want the cool uh, answer or like the politically correct answer? Which, which uh, no, cool I, one, I think look, 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 looking at you and given your history and your heritage, <laughs> I think we'll take cool. Well... <laughs> I think if I imagine I'm, I'm a fly and I see a room where Leonardo da Vinci is uh, painting the Mona Lisa, uh-huh. yeah. I would be like, wow. And that, if then I can see like the backstage of the Rolling Stones, uh, <laughs> I'll probably go to, to the backstage. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Then, yeah, you I, you I nearly went for the classic, but you couldn't get away from the rock and roll. Yeah, I can, tell you, I can tell you another story. Yeah, I can be like yeah. more romantic that. I can yeah. I, uh, probably, and I have to be honest, I probably will go, go to the backstage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but both both very creative, but in different ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Will the yeah. stones be as long-lasting as the Mona Lisa? There yeah. you go, that's another one to debate. I was going to say, wow. yeah. Well, they've nearly been around as long as the Mona Lisa. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing pretty well. <laughs> Give them a few yeah, hundred years, I'll be fine. And, and our last one is if you could meet somebody, if you were given the opportunity to sit down with a, with a nice glass of, of red wine, who would you sit down and have a, have a drink with? Uh, <laughs> no, I would probably. I mean, I, I'm really fascinated, to be honest, about how Leonardo da Vinci could master so many um, uh, different okay. uh, jobs, you yeah, know, yeah, different yeah. Um, professions. Uh, he, mm. he had like 20 professions from uh, architect, mm. from uh, writer, from uh, obviously a painter, from uh, philosopher. In that way, yeah, probably would, would, would be would be him. That would be really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. You, when you said at the beginning, is he kind of an inspiration for you? Because you were saying that, that you could see yourself having perhaps multiple different careers through your life. Is it is are you kind of the the, the Da Vinci of the modern age? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, I uh, I mean the thing is that my hobbies are I make hats, I make uh, terrariums, which uh, you know I. Uh, I, you know, I like art. My house is full of art. I like, uh, but, you know, in the future, I don't see myself as a dentist for too long. Yeah, yeah. I would like to change completely to a different profession. Uh, but yeah. So to see someone that actually can master all of them at the same yeah. time, I would like to actually, I don't even know if he can talk, you know, he would be like owning his world of uh, mm. creativity yeah. and fantasies. So I would be like, you know, how, I mean, obviously it's, it's in a different level of uh you know mm. creativity and, and everything but yeah mm. i would be really keen to actually meet him in person that'd be cool yeah, yeah. Well, I think Mehi, I think Dentist is very fortunate for you to have, have come into it and, and for the time that you spend in it. I think you add an awful lot to the profession with your flair and the ideas you've got. Mm. We appreciate your time today. Uh, we're both coming to the Dental Collective, so we will look great. forward to yeah. seeing you on the great, night. Looking great. forward Bring to the debate. Trainers. Bring your yes, trainers. Look- it's going to be fun. Yep. We'll do that, and we're looking forward to the debate, and we're going to stick around for the party, so it'll be good fun. But no, thank you for your time today. It's, been, you, it's been great fun. Yeah, brilliant. Thank, thank you, you very much. Me. Thank you for having Look me, fun, and yeah, see you soon. Look after yourself, Mehi. Keep Cheers, well. Cheers, man. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.